Today on CityCast Salt Lake, I went to Tanner Dog Park and asked dog owners what questions they have about dog restrictions in watershed canyons. Really? What's your dog's name? Sadie. How old is she? She is four and a half. Has she ever sneaky been up the canyon before? One of the watershed canyons? Yes. She has? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and in my defense, I took her up there before I knew that dogs were not allowed. Uh, but yeah. yes, she has been sneaky. How'd up you there. learn? Um, I when I was driving out, I saw the sign about <gasps> no dogs. So you didn't get a fine? No. And no one policed you? Like no other people? No. Interesting. Yeah, and I went on a weekend too. So I mean, it was pretty busy and like huh. we passed a ton of people and everyone was just kind of like chill. That is not what I've heard. Really? Generally. No. I think Salt Lakers are really intense about policing each other in the canyon with their dogs. Oh, maybe I looked like a tourist and they were like, she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> maybe. I didn't bring my Stanley Cup so they didn't know. It's. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know you were a local. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have the adventure quencher 40 ounce. Yes. Um. Okay. But this is the thing I can't wrap my head around. Like, deer pee in the canyon. Mm-hmm. Other animals pee in the canyon. Humans pee in the canyon. What's so bad about dogs? I don't know. And I feel like Salt Lake is such a dog-friendly city. It really doesn't make sense to me why the canyons, you can't bring them up there. I feel like it's so limited where you can bring them. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Do you have any idea why it is? I All I've been told is they want to keep the water pure and yeah. dogs being in the area threaten that, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know how true that is. I never really looked into it after I saw And that's what we're getting to the bottom of today. What makes dogs so different from every other creature that pees in the canyon? And why are the rules so strict? Teresa Gray is Salt Lake City's Water Quality and Treatment Administrator, and she has answers. It's Thursday, July 28th, 2022. I'm Allie Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Teresa, why isn't my dog allowed in Big Cottonwood and Little Cottonwood Canyon? Well, I think to understand that question, you kind of have to have a little bit of history. So um, within the valley, oh, back in about the 1930s and whatnot, the mountains were actually uh, set up as our water supply for drinking within the valley. And then in about the 1950s, we started to notice an increase in uh, water quality issues. And that's when the state legislature uh, kind of passed a re- uh, legislation they call extraterritorial jurisdiction. And that allows water systems to be able to protect the water sources from contamination so that we can provide you know, good, safe drinking water. How much of our drinking water comes from our canyons? On average, about 60% of the water that's served to our customers come from the canyons. I think one of the things that I'm we're trying to understand is, so dogs aren't just not allowed in the canyon, like on a trail, on a hiking trail. Technically, my understanding is they're not even allowed out of, like in your car. Like you're, you shouldn't enter the watershed restricted area of the canyon with a dog, even in the backseat, windows up. Technically, is that's breaking the law. Is that right? Dogs in the watershed are prohibited to be brought up into the watershed. Really, do you want to leave your dog locked in a car with the windows rolled up? It's not really safe for them. 
So, but there are a lot of areas that you can take dogs. I know a lot of people kind of focus on you can't take dogs in the watershed. Um, well, the protected watershed, there's the seven canyons, and out of those, Mill Creek was actually uh, set aside uh, so that dogs can't go up into Mill Creek. And there are some other trails that are around the, the base of the canyons that allow dogs to, to access them. So you can still have that hiking experience, you know, out with your dog uh, around those trails. And those have been left open and accessible for dogs. Was there something that a specific incident or specific data that led to that decision? So honestly, we are really unique in Salt Lake that we live so close to the canyons. I mean, it's like anywhere you go, you're like 28 miles away. And one of the main concerns that that we have also is it's a short, short distance from where the water's at within the snowfall to when it reaches your tap. You can get that within 24 hours. Um, as far as dogs go, you know, dogs live in close contact with humans. Um, so a lot of times they can pass diseases that humans are susceptible to. Um, also, uh, one thing we have to be concerned with with dogs is just the, uh, you know, waste and the cleanup that they have. I mean, it's basically raw sewage that's going into our drinking water. And that can tra transmit bacteria, viruses, other pathogens. The other thing it does is it provides nutrients. So when it gets into the streams, it can cause algal blooms and, and water quality issues that way. But humans pee in the canyon too, right? Like lots of people go for runs or hikes up there. They stop, they pee. They probably even poop in the canyon and don't necessarily pack it out. Maybe they dig a little hole and cover it up. Is there a similar concern about that? There's restrooms up there for, for them to go to and to attend and that, yeah, you should be taking your waste out of the canyon with you or using the proper restrooms that are already provided up there for humans. And that is that is a personal choice that people make, and they should be. You know, I wouldn't want someone pooping in my backyard. You shouldn't be pooping in the canyon. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Yeah. I remember it was a couple years ago that Representative Cheryl Acton of West Jordan um, wanted to see a bill pass. This was her bill that basically said, OK, dogs can come in the canyon. They just can't leave the car. But if you're going for like a Sunday drive up Big Cottonwood Canyon, you can bring your dog with you. They just have to remain in the car with a licensed driver. And the bill passed the House and then it died in the Senate Natural Resources Committee. But the reaction to her bill was pretty vociferous. A lot of folks testified, including your boss, Laura Briefer, and um, the executive director of Salt Lake City Utilities. 
And I'm curious why the reaction was so fierce to that bill. You know, I personally believe that dogs are something that we hold true and dear. I mean, if you have a dog, a lot of people see them as a member of their family. And so I think that's what brings up some of that fierce reaction. Um, not taking into consideration that it's not just your dog. It's what happens if all the dogs, you know, go up in the canyon. You know, it's estimated that 40% of the people in the valley have a dog. And with a million people mm -hmm. in the valley, if wow. we had 40% of a million, what, 400,000 dogs? that would go up in the canyons, that, that could cause a lot of issues. Huh. So there's really strong feelings on both sides of that. And I think that's why we've really tried to find that uh, a middle ground whenever possible. So, you know, that's why there are some other trails that are open. That's why you can take dogs up, up in Mill Creek area. I think it's a real rite of passage. Like as a Salt Laker, I think a lot of people learn the hard way that you can't bring your dog into bigger little Cottonwood Canyon in particular. Like we've all, I feel like done it and learned the hard way, but the real rite of passage is when you transition to becoming someone that tells other people that they can't bring their dog into the Canyon. Like, because like there is, I mean, like there is a very swift reaction and there's a lot of like citizen policing that happens around it. And I'm curious, like, is this just a unique Salt Lake thing? Are there other cities or counties or municipalities where they have similar restrictions? Or is this a Utah experience? There are actual cities that have watersheds that are completely closed off to the public. And they do not allow them in there at all. Um, you know, Portland has Bull Run. It's closed to the public. And there's no developed recreational sites at all within their protected watershed. Um, if you go up to Medford area... Uh, they have a watershed that's closed mostly to all activities, and the only way you can go back there is through guided educational tours. So it's I think that the part that's unique about Utah is that recognizing that it is so close to such a large population is how can we use the mountains that we love and adore, that we all want to go up and into, and yet protect our water quality and uh, issues. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I think one thing that really struck at home for me is what happened over in Corner Canyon. What happened in Corner Canyon? So about 2016, 15, 16, the city of Draper actually changed their requirements and uh, not allowing people within Corner Canyon. The area in Corner Canyon is directly located above a drinking water source, a drinking water treatment facility. And um, they were seeing higher and higher levels of E. coli that were coming in. And I remember sitting in those public discussions with people, and they were very adamant about how I pick up my dog waste. It's not me that's doing it. And it may not be you that's doing it, but in general, about 40% of the people, it's estimated, don't pick up their dog waste. And they were seeing that impact in Corner Canyon. Um even with signs that were posted and dog bags that were put around the trails. And the other thing that happens is when the, the waste is left on the, the ground, it actually, you know, can, can increase during summer months. You'll get higher levels of, of the E. coli in the water. It would almost double some months in that watershed. So Draper City did, I thought, a really good job of, of finding a balance. They shut off access to Corner Canyon to the docks, but they opened up a longer section of the Bonneville Trail. And I was just looking on their website and they'd mentioned that they'd saw a 90% decrease in E. coli 
by taking this basic action. So it truly is an issue that we've seen. We've had to take some measures within the valley uh, to reduce those E. coli levels. Huh. That's so interesting because I was actually just last weekend riding horses in Corner Canyon and horses are allowed on those trails, but not dogs. And it sounds like based on what you're saying, that's because dogs live in our homes and that proximity and the potential to transmit diseases is really the the bigger concern than animal feces overall. Well, we were looking for E. coli before it gets into the water treatment fat. They have to test for that. And that's what the main concern is, is if we can keep the water clean, then you don't have to put in additional treatment. But there are nine waterways within Salt Lake County that have unhealthy levels of E. coli in them. And so there is a big push right now for E. coli, even within the valley itself, and what we need to do to be able to address that issue. What are the nine waterways? Would we be familiar with any of them? Um, So you've got the Immigration Creek has what they call a TMDL, which is a total maximum daily load Okay. on it. You've got Lower Parley's Lower Mill Creek, Lower Big Cottonwood, Lower Little Cottonwood, Rose Creek, uh, Bingham Creek, Midas Creek, and sections of the Jordan River are all being looked at for impairments due to E. coli. Is it possible we'll see even further restrictions in the canyons if E. coli is a problem? I'm not aware of any further restrictions in the canyon that are planned for right now. Okay. Um, I think that there's it's an issue that we need to talk about throughout the entire valley. I mean, people sometimes think, well, it's just my backyard. I don't have to clean it up. Yeah, you do because it can rain. It can get off of your yard. It can even get to the point where it can Im- impact, you know, storm drain systems that can carry it or even groundwater sources. So, you know, it's good for people to clean up after their dogs, pick up their waste, throw it away. You know, be really responsible that way, even if you're not just, you know, even if you're just down in the valley. Hmm. Okay, that's really sage. Teresa, thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you have a good day. A little more Canyon news before we go. It was anticipated that this week the Utah Division of Oil, Gas, and Mining, also known as Dogum, really rolls off the tongue. It was anticipated that the division would issue a decision related to the proposed limestone quarry in Parley's Canyon between Salt Lake and Park City. In a recent hearing, opponents to the mine, including the Salt Lake County Council, made their cases for why the mine would be hazardous to the health and well-being of residents, as well as damaging to Parley's tourism industry and an overall eyesore. Tree Farm LLC is the property owner at the proposed mine location along I-80 and has filed a notice of intent to mine the land. Dogum could rubber stamp this thing, but a lot of people along the valley hope they won't. Either way, it's a fight that's likely to go to court and drag out. A statement on the Dogum site says they will issue a decision in a reasonable manner but not as soon as expected, and that they acknowledge the concern and high-profile nature of the mine's location. Proposed location. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Today is our founding lead producer, Nick Steffens, last day at CityCast. Our show will always have Nick's voice because we created it together. Many identity conversations were had, and he is very good at them. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.